Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I wanted you to hear this. Um, it's the fourth and one show, the podcast with Cam Newton. And we weren't the only ones who brought him up yesterday. We're like, hey, Cameron, what do you want to say about Mr. Game Manager Brock Purdy now? Because I don't know if you heard, but he's in the Super Bowl. So do you think that Cam A walked it back or B doubled down? What do you think? Oh, he doubled down. Oh, Cam doesn't do he doesn't do the moonwalk. Uh, just like that old movie Swingers. Here comes Captain Double Down. I've never said that Brock Parody was trash. What I did say is Brock Parody is a game manager. That's not hate. That's just what I feel to be facts. But I still reserve the right to say this: to be labeled a game changer, Brock Parody has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball. Mm. And that's not the case. And who's the best player? T- Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Man, look, I ain't recanting shit. And if you really want to just be honest, if you add in the defensive talent and you add in the offensive talent, Brock Parity is the 10th best player on this team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? Yes. Is he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot? Yes. yes. But he's still the 10th best player on his team. That's the stupidest bleep I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, wow. wow. You, didn't, you didn't lose me when you said that McCaffrey's the best player on offense. A lot of people think that. You didn't lose me. But to, once again, do you see what gets tucked underneath the covers here? Brock Purdy's not good. He's hot. He's playing out of his mind. Mm. Oh, he's playing out of his mind, you say, Cam. Well, for someone to be playing out of their mind, that would mean that they're playing better than they normally do. Please take me to the time when Brock Purdy played normal and bad, but now he's hot. You can't because he's never had an extended period of poor play. The owner is in public today suggesting that the 49ers knew prior to last season that he was by far and away their best quarterback. Why? Because he's good. There is nothing sadder to me in sports, and I mean this now genuinely, there's nothing sadder than ex-athletes telling you that what you're currently enjoying is not as cool as what they used to do. It is pathetic. And Cam Newton, who I think is younger than Steph Curry, is exhibit A today of the ex-athlete who nobody wants anymore, even though you're still playing age and you are on a rocking chair at the barbershop or at the corner of the bar telling everybody how it would be if the man hadn't kept you down. It's absolutely pathetic when ex-athletes do this rather than assess and uplift because They're in your same fraternity. They're out there doing what you did. You know better than anyone how hard it is to do. 
to smack them down when they arrive, especially when you don't see them coming, I think is some of the saddest stuff you can ever see in human life. Well, I think that maybe Cam is looking in a mirror in terms of his own career where he had one year where he flashed and he was the AP MVP. He was the offensive player of the year and he made two Pro Bowls, three Pro Bowls, but the one year that he really flashed, they went 15-1 and and they went to the Super Bowl and they lost and that was it. His last four years as a pro, he was 13-23 and as a starter and he turned out to be, you know, not even a system guy. His career completion percentage is (laughs) 59.9. That's also... 59.9%. Also known as not good enough. Right. Not, not good, good enough. enough, and you know when his ability to run, you know, quickly went away, he became a quarterback that no one would want. And so now Brock Purdy's a guy who no one saw coming, and he is more than just a system guy. He's actually gotten to the to the spot where you got Cam, and it took you let me see, he went five years to get there, where it took Brock Purdy two years. And yes, Brock Purdy's team is better than your team, and he likely will be back there again, but. It's just sad when you have a guy throw that much shade, and Brock Purdy's already won more playoff games than Cam Newton ever did right. in his long career. Again, uh, we can all disagree, so that's fine. I don't. I, I honestly don't care how could it not be that way. Not everyone's opinion is going to be the same, but I do think it's sort of like getting into a bar. you got to get by the bouncer, and you have to have an answer that allows you by the bouncer. Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on the Niners. Doesn't get you by the bouncer. I'm sorry. You're allowed to have differing opinions. You're not allowed to have that opinion. I'm sorry. You can't be that far off and be welcomed to the table. That is patently absurd. The 10th best player on the 49ers, if the quarterback is the 10th best player on your team, you automatically have a losing record. Automatic. Why well, your Brad Johnson? They have the ball. Or Trent Dilfer. Even then. Even then. They have the ball on every play. The 10th best? I mean. You could argue those two guys were the 10th best player on their team. You couldn't name nine players on those teams. Well, the, the Tampa Bay defense had like six Hall of Famers. Okay. And then, you know, you had Warwick done on offense. And, yeah. you know, you could look at the roster and you could make that argument. But I think for this team, even if Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on the team, then you probably would be winning 17 nothing or 21 to 3. And those Brad Johnson Trump Dilfer examples that people bring up didn't happen twice. Brock Purdy has been to the final exactly. four in both of his years as a starting quarterback. So that's all I'm talking about. That's all I'm talking about. Um Cam Newton is not under my skin from the perspective of Brock Purdy. He is a little bit from the perspective of This is one of the things that I don't enjoy in sports media when ex-athletes do this. doesn't mean that you can't assess. You know what I mean? Like, I'll give you an example. A couple years ago, Shaq was, I think, respectfully critical of Donovan Mitchell and, and was talking about how I think that Donovan becomes a little bit of a lesser player in big moments, but he's like, he's a really good young player. And, and, and I want Donovan... I see something in him that suggests to me that maybe he can be even better than he realizes. And so there was a criticism there, but it was respectful. It wasn't like you'll ne- I find I'll, you'll never hear Shaq 
Shaq is not one of those guys that'll be like, yeah, that's great. He's he's good, but he's not as good. Couldn't as, hold my yeah, job. Not as good. Like, stop. couldn't have played in my era. Stop, Kendrick Perkins. Totally. Shut up. Stop running around to every microphone you can find to tell people that what we're watching now is not as cool as what you did. Because it is. Because it is. It's usually cooler. There are thousands of ex-athletes in sports media, and you can smell them around the corner. The ones who are just there to tell you about their Al Bundy days and how that was when men were men. And that was when the game was played the right way. It is such, to me, a bore to listen to ex-athletes do that. And in fact, when non-ex-athletes in sports media get that kind of hung around their neck, well, you never played, sometimes I actually think it's a detractor. Sometimes. Not for most. I want the perspective of those who have done it, but sometimes it gets in your way because you are so clouded about what you think you achieved back in the day and you still want it to be relevant so badly that you run everything you're watching now through that prism. And and, and to me, it wipes clean any opinion you actually have. When the opinion is an opinion and then you get evidence that would prove your opinion maybe needs to change and you don't change it. And this is what we talked about last week in terms of people not being willing in the media and in the podcast sphere to admit maybe you were wrong. Maybe you had it wrong about Brock Purdy. And here he is now in the Super Bowl where last year he made it to the conference championship game and he got hurt and he, you know, might've had a good chance to win that game. Had he been healthy, we will never find out if they were better than Philly or not, but here he is again and he was healthy this time and they were down 17 and they won the game. So it's okay to look at that and go, you know what? Maybe I was wrong about Brock Purdy because he was 16 to 19 in the second half and he was amazing. And he led his team back to what? 24, 27 unanswered points in the NFC championship game. And he put that thing on ice. So it's okay to look at your opinion and change course, but we don't do that in today's day and age in the media and in podcasts. And certainly Cam Newton never. Would. Well, it also feels like um, we've just got this weird obsession with labels. Very, very weird obsession with labels. We need to we, we need to categorize things and label things. I mean, we do this. It's not just sports, right? No, it's I all mean, of us. Taylor Swift is a great example. Is she pop? Is it country? What is it? It's just Taylor. She's a star. Right. It's just Taylor. Just, is she a pop star? I, a country star? Whatever. Yeah. Just enjoy the show. Just enjoy the show. And a lot of people do. Yeah. Brock Purdy doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. He's not. He won't be ever. He's not Josh Allen. Is he a game manager? Is he a system QB? Why, why? Is he mobile? Why do we have to label all of these guys? It's not just Brock. It's all of them. We have to label everything but because it gives you a certain amount of comfort in terms of knowing what somebody is. And I don't want to get too deep into the idea of racism, but that's what many people do in terms of you know justifying and judging people based on how they look. You look at somebody and you immediately think that they must be X, Y, and Z based on what you think that person should be. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, you or me or anybody else, you look at somebody, if you don't know them and you go, oh, 
well, they must be that, well, based I, on what, what my own preconceived notions are. You're 100% right. That said, there are certain things I think that are unavoidable as human beings. Um, we love to think that we're judgment-free. We're not. None of you are. I'm not. We're not. We're, it's impossible. We judge each other constantly. Constantly. And I, the, the whole, like, don't judge a book by its cover. I'm sorry. You will. We will. I will. It's impossible to not have things pop into your head when you first encounter something. What's bothering me all year long about this is you judge the book by its cover, then you opened up the book, you read the whole thing, and then you told me something completely different about what you read. You went back to the cover and rejudged right. it by the cover again, even though you read the book. That's what's so strange about this one to me. It, like... It, it, yes, human weakness. We judge the book by its cover, but we're usually here for the oh, and then we were proven wrong. But not yet. No. And I think about Steph Curry, and I'm not saying that Brock is Steph, but in terms of what you're saying, judging a book by the cover, you look at Steph Curry and coming out of Davidson, it was no chance. No chance this guy's going to ever be even a, a, a legitimate NBA starter let alone a star, let alone a guy who's going to change the the face of the league. And it took people, Charles Barkley, for yeah. a great example, yeah. it took more than one title for them to realize, oh, okay, wow, maybe this guy is not only good, but great, but elite, and maybe a superstar. And Tom Brady's another one where you look at where he was drafted, the fact that he was, what, fifth string at Michigan, and <laughs> you know he had a fluky start to his career with the tuck rule and all the rest of it. It took him to get a couple before you realized, oh, my, maybe he is actually a good quarterback. Well, and this is why I do think that if the 49ers win the game next week, it's not going to be this uh, snap. Everything is now sounds the way many people want it to sound. I, I don't think that. It's got to depend on on how it plays out. Like, I'm thinking back to when Brady beat the Rams. When he beat the greatest show on turf and correct my – my memory, was it 20 to 17? Was it the final score? 17, 14, 20 to 17, low scoring football game. Tom Brady was not ready at that point in his career, or the play calling around him was not ready at that point in his career to say, hey, my man, drop back and let's be high flying. Yeah, 2017. 20 to 17. Would you have stats? What did Brady go in that game? I oh. bet you he didn't throw for 200 yards. Uh, the MVP in that game was Tom Brady. Okay, but what did he throw for? Uh, he went for a buck 45. Okay. 16 of 27, buck 45. Buck 45. Buck 45? Buck 45. Dude. And he won Super Bowl MVP, but I remember this clearly. We did buck not. Buck 45? We did not come out of that game going, oh my God, Tom Brady can sling it. Because he didn't. They ran the ball, and they played defense, and they had a money kicker, and he held both sides of his head with that beautiful smile and went, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. Buck 45, it wasn't coach. Like, it wasn't like he went out there. We, our perception was not Tom Brady did this. Our perception was it happened to Tom because he was only a second or third year player who had barely played football before and he wasn't ready for some sort of a wide open we're down 28-3 and I got you I can come back 
type of a deal. Same thing with Brock. And I promise you, they win this game next week. He throws for 201, and McCaffrey's got two touchdowns. The per- we will not come out of this like, okay, he did it. No. The perception will remain that this happens to Brock yeah. as opposed to he did it. It happened with Brock. Yes. Yeah, not because of Brock. And I that's why I do think that McCaffrey for MVP is a good value bet I agree. at 4 to 1 odds because and I I couldn't remember. Man, I'm glad you had me look this up. 16 to 27. 100. Buck 45, I knew Mark. It, man, I'm telling you, they barely Dude, threw the ball. I mean, they barely threw it. Kurt Warner goes for 365. <laughs> he threw two picks. One well, of them was a pick six by Ty Law, which gave the Patriots their first score. David Patton, the only touchdown from Brady and Vinatieri with a couple of field goals, and that was it. It was the Patriots' good defense. And you're right. If this game goes like that for Brock, if he goes 16 to 27 for a buck 45 and they win, Cam Newton's going to do a podcast. Dude, at halftime. He's going to do a podcast. A, yeah. a lot of them will yeah. do a podcast. And, um, you know, even though Brock Purdy will be a Super Bowl champ, yeah. I think McCaffrey, Antoine Smith went 18 for 92 on the ground. And I guess there was no other good MVP well, candidate in that and, game. And if you do look at the matchup, and we've got plenty of time for this, if you do look at the matchup, like where the Chiefs' weakness is on defense, I love your bet. It sets up for McCaffrey, not Purdy. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, their run defense is not good. It is not good. And so if you're Kyle Shanahan, why wouldn't you attack the hell out of that? Exactly. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, I wonder if uh, in this scenario, if Mahomes has a game like Warner did, 365 and a loss, if he doesn't become the second losing player to ever win the MVP in the Super Bowl. Mm. Chuck Howley, I believe, the first. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. I feel like that's never going to happen again. I feel like people just won't do it. Like, but I, if the there was going to be a time. Look, I know, but the way we look at life now, people just can't. Like, uh, people will shake. They're going to vote for somebody I get lost. it. But if you, look, like, if you take the names off of this game yeah. and you put, like. I hear you. If you put Purdy, 16 to 27, 145. <laughs> McCaffrey, 18 for 92. No touchdown. Did, and Mahomes, 28 for 44, 365. Did Tom turn it over? Uh, no. Yeah, no. that's what. Yeah. Dink, dunk. Dude. Dink and or dunk. Yep, yep. Uh, Dude. David in Denver. Hey, David, what's up? Hey, guys. Um, just want to talk. I heard about the Cam Newton this morning, and I want to say uh, I feel like, for me, Cam Newton is like the antithesis uh, Brock Purdy, uh, you know they hear how you've heard the term um, gamer. Well, Cam Newton has showed us on different occasions he's not quite the gamer, even in the biggest moments like the Super Bowl. And I feel like everything that he embodies, Brock Purdy is not. So I kind of feel good about him making those comments. I'm kind of like it almost reassures me for my faith of who Brock Purdy is, um, if that makes sense. And the other thing was, to your guys' point, about two weeks ago, I kind of thought to myself, you know what? Once we do go on and win the Super Bowl, no matter what and no matter how it looks, the narrative is not going to change on Brock Purdy, and I've kind of accepted that as a fan. It's just not because the people who are saying outlandish stuff now are still going to find a way to say that after next Sunday. I agree with you, David. Uh, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate it. And, um, yeah, like, I, I, I'm not all up in my feelings about that. I just think it's sad. 
I really do. And Cam's not the only example. There, there's plenty. Of, I brought up another one. Kendrick Perkins is another, to me, is a great example of somebody who now has decided I'm going to make a career out of knocking down people who do what I used to do, and I'm going to elevate what I used to do in, in people's minds and uh, and try to stay relevant. It, it, it's, to me, it's just kind of a sad luck. It's as sad as the person on the craps table who comes in and they're betting the don't pass. They come in and they're betting the don't yeah, pass. I don't and like that guy at all. No. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Well, there's so a party over here. You're rolling don't, eight. Don't be the cops. And eight's the point, yeah. and you come out and you put your money on the don't pass. I'm rooting for a seven. <laughs> I'm rooting. I'm rooting for I'm rooting I, against all of you. you. Yes. I'm rooting against all of you. Right. Yeah. And you're like that's, showing up at a Super Bowl party in San Francisco with a Chiefs hat. I'm just here to tick y'all off. Yeah. Don't don't do that. That's just, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 